welcome in to another edition of 30 Racket Sports. It's Monday, September 27th. Big week of football in the state. Getting us prepped for a big college football weekend next weekend. Not the biggest week of college football in the state this weekend. Some ups, some ups, but uh, certainly not the uh, the craziest time. But we have a lot to talk about. Uh, talking some Bengals, talking some Browns, and then also talking some Puck as the Jackets get ready for their season. Coming up here, preseason starts actually Monday night as we're recording uh, in Pittsburgh against uh, and then also, um, two shows as usual this week. We also have a Friday show getting you prepped for the big top 10 matchup in South Bend. Yeah, Buckeyes, Cats. Rutgers, baby. <laughs> the, the, the big game in UConn, Vandy. In Piscataway. How, how close does Rutgers need to get for Valentino Ambrosio to kick that game winning kick? <laughs> But to get back to sports and to get back to the show, to my right, of course, is uh, kind of the keg of the group. Great entertainment, good party tricks, but doesn't always make sense on a day-to-day basis. <laughs> really, on this show, it doesn't make sense a whole lot, but uh, certainly some good entertainment. It's Zach. Zach, how are we doing today? Feeling good. Both teams won for me, so, you know, obviously, you know, high State just, they should be on hard knocks. All that drama oh, going man. on. Guys yeah. leaving. Yeah. Yeah. You know, man. we'll take it. Overcame an early deficit. Yeah. Oh my God. I know. I saw that and I was like, Jesus Christ. <laughs> to my left, the the beer can of the group. Not fancy, but reliable and versatile for any environment. I mean, sometimes we do the podcast in the other room. Sometimes we do the podcast in this room. And there's only a few issues. So uh, thanks, Josh. Josh, right. how are we doing today? Uh, we're doing all right. Thank, thank you. That was kind of kind of you. Kind of, that's my beer there, sir, actually. Your, your beer is over like on. I spin it. Oh, okay. Well, thanks. Thanks. I appreciate it, it, that. It brings out the aromas in yeah, there. Yeah. I, is that, I think that's an old wives' tale, actually. Old wine's tale. I think that's the aroma thing of wine. But, yeah. Whatever. It is. The tannins and what's nots. I'm kind of an expert. I've been to a couple wine tastings in my life. You were from wine. You did live in wine country for a little bit. Close, not, yeah. Not close enough. It's all. It's all the same. It's all the same song. And then, of course, I am the pint glass of the group. Elegant, understated, (laughs) and the very best way to enjoy a beer. Easily smashable. Yeah. Yes. Very easily punchable. My name's Greg, and we are 30 Rack of Sports. Uh, We will get to a beer of the week that... I'm really interested to try because it's a little bit off the beaten path. It's from a brewery that I really enjoy. But uh, guys, first, let's get some headlines. Return of the Mac. Last weekend was a big weekend for the Mac as four teams matched up first Big Ten opponents this weekend, including the Akron Zips, who went down to the horseshoe and went up seven to nothing before, you know, giving up a few points and uh, and falling to the Buckeyes, you know, 59 to seven. But it was the Bowling Green Falcons who made the headlines, taking down Minnesota 14 to 10 as 30 and a half point underdogs in a game where Gophers QB Tanner Morgan had five completions and two interceptions. Down in Cincinnati, the Bearcats had the weekend off, but will head up to Notre Dame this weekend to face the still undefeated Fighting Irish. 
who took care of Wisconsin to set the stage for a top 10 matchup on Saturday. Sunday featured a former Buckeye in Justin Fields who got his first start for the Chicago Bears in Cleveland. The Browns defense was all over him all afternoon, forcing nine sacks, four and a half by Miles Garrett, only allowing one net passing yard, and uh, only allowing the Bears to cross midfield twice in a 26-6 bludgeoning by the Browns. In Pittsburgh, the Bengals defense was also showing out, getting to Big Ben four times and picking him off twice, while only allowing 10 points in a 24-10 Bengal victory. But the surprising statistic from the game was the Bengals' offensive line, who allowed zero sacks, heck, zero hits versus Steelers' defense. The Bengals are back at it Thursday as they welcome Trevor Lawrence and the Jags to town, while the Brownies head to Minnesota to face So they already the got a win. The Bengals are going to win on Thursday. <laughs> and both teams sit tied at the top of the AFC North. And finally, to wrap up the sports week, the Red Legs had a decent week at 4-2, but that doesn't seem enough to catch the Red Hot Cardinals, who have now won 16 straight and have a magic number of just one to quench the second wildcard spot and keep the Reds out of the playoffs. In the MLS, the crew got a 2-1 win over Montreal, so now they are just three points out of the final playoff spot in the East. FCC, however, took another loss, this time to DC United, 4-2, and change was made as Yopstam was relieved of his duties as manager Monday morning. The Dutchman was 8-13-26 in his time in the Queen City, and the squad had only won twice in their last 20 matches, both versus Toronto. The Orange and Blue will now look for their fourth full-time manager since moving to MLS with rumors that this was the first move of a new unannounced GM. Guys, those are your OH headlines. Oh, beer of the week. That's awesome. Yeah, how do you do that? That's cool. Guys, our beer of the week comes from Sharonville, Ohio. And, Sharonville! Uh, uh, actually, not too far from where we are recording. And uh, Third Eye Brewing. So Third Eye Brewing, we are trying their Magic Dream, which is a Bahama Mama Milkshake IPA. Bahama Mama Milkshake IPA. I've heard of the Bahama Mama drink, so I'm interested in this. It's a 7.2% ABV, 20 IBU IPA. It's not very bitter, apparently. But damn, uh, dude! Holy moly! That is fucking delicious. What is that? You said seven. What uh, is? What is? That'll okay. kill you. <laughs> this is crazy. This is crazy good. Right? It's, yeah, it's such a. It, it's, it's so it's, smooth the flavor, when it touches your. It mouth. is so smooth. The flavor is so shocking. Oh, it is. It's so it's good. Just like it's so good. I mean, I had to describe it, and I have no idea what it I just had. Like, kind of I, explodes I, I, on you. I don't even know how to describe it. It's just so good. It's so sweet to the mouth, but not like too sweet. Smooth. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's got that like uh, kind of that milkshake IPA. Yeah. Under, I don't know how to describe it. It's full body. Almost like that, like lactose kind of taste. Yeah. That you get from you know those those milkshake IPAs. Um, but mm. I guess it is. Yeah. I mean, the best way I guess to describe it would be like a 
a milkshake in a Bahama mom, like yeah, it's like a Bahama mama smoothie kind of thing. Yeah, you get like the heavy, like I mean, the fruity, you know, pineapple or or bunch of flavors like just that, hit yeah. me in the mouth at once, and it's they all like go that, smooth. Yeah, that together. tropical fruit, and then kind of that milkshake. You don't even, I mean, one. Yeah, you don't taste. I've been it. trying to cut back on my drinking, but that that's bad. That's too. I don't know. That might be a daily for me. <laughs> that's that's that good. You don't have uh, so good. Yeah, you don't really have like the like strong heaviness that usually you get from that those seven mm-hmm. you know plus right. percentage beers. Pound this thing but, all day. Uh, and you don't. I mean, like we said, only twenty IBUs. It's not really. I mean, it's more of a kind of a milkshake beer. I think the milkshake IPA is almost more the style. But you don't get any of that IPA bitterness. You just kind of get that sweetness, and then. Nice finish. No, you yeah. can you can kind of tell that it's got that kind of hoppy. Oh, the hop is almost the base to it, right? And everything else builds upon that. But it's yeah, it's you said it's only twenty IBU. Yeah, it's only 20 that's IBU. wild. I mean, it's this is one of the, this is a very impressive beer. I'll say that yeah. impressive, it's very good. It's it's uh, we haven't released official rankings. We'll probably do that at some point, but it, it's up there. It would be uh be in a battle. Well, and speaking of being up there, uh. I mean, they do good stuff. Third Eye just won uh, its first gold medal uh, at the Great American Brewing Festival, world's largest commercial beer festival, uh, for their higher-purpose milk stout. Mm -hmm. Uh, So, I mean, they know what they're doing over there, and it's a really cool place. Greg, you said it's in Sharonville, a wonderful place where we recorded. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's right near the convention center. It's right off 75. I know uh, Josh and I have been there. I don't know if you've been there. I've not been there, but, but great uh, place. It, it's a good place. Nice and open. Good food too. Mm-hmm. I think we just had some like appetizers. Oh yeah, great whatnot, food. But, great food menu. Uh, yeah, good food. Right. I mean, just south of two seventy five on seventy five, like right off the Sharon Road exit. So it's right there in Cincinnati, and uh, really good beer and, and some interesting stuff to talk about when we get to yeah. Zach's I can't wait to get the can and, can't and wait this for that. can design in general. our first segment of the show we're doing a little buy or sell guys yesterday afternoon the Bengals took down the Steelers 24 to 10 by the way if you didn't see our who you got segment on Sunday before the game you would have seen one of us correctly take the Bengals over the Steelers was it the Bengals fan no was it the so-called Expert. It was Expert me. It was here. me. I appreciate no, you pointing that the out. Talent. Thank you. <laughs> I but don't remember that. In that game, the big stat from that game, and I mean we've we've talked about the Bengals' offensive line, you know, ad nauseum at this point. But uh, Steelers streak of seventy-five straight games with a sack, which was the longest in NFL history, was broken Sunday as the Bengals' offensive line didn't allow a sack or even uh, a QB hit on the 18 pass attempts for Burrow. Uh, guys, are we buying or selling this new and improved offensive line? Uh, I'm going to buy. I'm going to buy. Uh, and I'm going to gamble. Yeah, I'm sucker. sucked in. Um, <laughs> I'm going bra- to blame Frank Pollock for sucking me in because I think that is going to be when you look at some of the team's they face here in their defenses coming up, aside from uh, a couple games here. You have a good stretch to build some momentum here and get some of these young guys like Jackson Carmen in there and actually get some momentum going with these young guys. Is it going to be great? No. 
But can you sustain the improvement? I think you can. I think you can. Zach, what about you buying or selling this? I'm selling. I mean, I don't think, you know, the Steelers team, obviously we're missing Watt and a couple other pieces who have not played that well. Yeah, and have lost some guys in the offseason. You know, but you know I look, I mean, I mean, guess for the Bengals where they were, sure, I mean, that's an improvement, you know. I mean, for any team to obviously hold back, but Burrow wasn't out there throwing 30 times. Um, 14 of 18, 174 yards, I think it was. So 18 yeah. opportunities. I mean, I don't know. I don't, I need to see more. I haven't really felt like they, you know, they play the Jags next week, Packers, defensive line. Mm. A couple plays that I mean, like that I saw, and just full disclosure, I didn't get to watch a lot of football this weekend, but from the condensed game that I saw, there were a couple things that stuck out to me. Uh, Jamar Chase's second touchdown um, in the back of the end zone, like Burrow hasn't. He had time, mm-hmm. and the the way they're blocking, he also had lanes to scramble in where your interior is not just completely crashing in on you yeah. in three seconds. I mean, so, I think it's better. I'm yeah. not arguing with you there, and I think it's sustainable to be better. I mean, you couldn't get yeah, you, much you, worse than uh, last year. I just, right. I will say getting rid of Bobby Hart is an improvement. I still yeah. think at the end of the year, that's still going to be at the top of their needs, if not yeah. the top, in my opinion. Yeah. Uh, so... Uh, earlier today, I went through and I, I just kind of watched the condensed game, watched the offensive yeah. snap, grinding a little bit of tape. You were you know, grinding as, some as, tape, as, yeah. as we do on this show. <laughs> uh, the one thing that I will say is, I feel like the no QB hits was a little bit deceiving. Mm-hmm. There were a couple of times that he got hit, that there were penalties. There was uh, once where he, you know, oh, kind now of we're just splitting moved hairs up here. Oh, what are no, penalties no. in the NFL these days? <laughs> well, he moved up in the pocket and got sacked over the line for two yards, you know, stuff yeah. like that. But the one thing that I will say, and once again, small sample size, 18 pass attempts, only 174 yards. I think there were kind of four things at play, and I think three of them are are good for the the Bengals coming forward. You mentioned the fact that. The uh, you know Steelers defense very depleted at this point, especially not having T.J. Watt. They weren't really blitzing a whole lot, and I you know I think not having T.J. Watt and a guy that you know with that game breaking really throws off your defensive scheme. Oh yeah, but I think the three positive things for the Bengals is one Burrow moves really well in the pocket. So sometimes even if protection is breaking down a little bit, he's very good at being able to step yeah. up, being able to roam to his left, but not like. You know, he's not a guy that's just going to give up on the play and run, you know, He to manipulates the, right. the pocket. Yeah. Uh, two, you know, I, th- I thought they ran a good game plan for the offensive line. A lot of short passes. I mean... Get him out, get the, him out. The, you know, the Jamar Chase touchdown that you mentioned, both of them. And then aside of that, he probably only had, you know, two or three other passes that he threw more than, you know, tw- yeah. 10, 12 yards downfield. So a lot of short passes. But then, you know, the offensive line looked better. I mean, you know, he wasn't getting ran up upon right as soon as he got the ball, and I think that's positive. But I think the one thing that you have to um, you have to wonder is, you know, the Bengals got up 24-7 to in this game. They really only had, you know, one two-minute drive and kind of the first drive of the second half that he was, you know, they were kind of pushing the ball down the field. A lot of it was, you know, runs. Like, they were only three for nine on third down. Like, stuff like that. Yeah. To the point where I want to see where this Bengal team is, you know. Jesus. <laughs> they, it's allergy season. <laughs> they blew a lead against uh, the Vikings. You know, they were up big against the Steelers. What does this offensive line look like 
when they're down 14 and they have to push the ball down the field. I'm not ready to buy on. I'm buying that they're improved, but I don't know. I don't know if they're a good offensive. And I line thought you yet. brought up a good point. When are they? What are they going to? How are they going to hold up when a team's going to pin their ears back and come after you because they know you got to throw the ball and you got to gain yards? You know, quick two minute drive at the end of the half, stuff like that. And I, and mean, I think yeah. that's where you hit your. I think that's where you hit your ceiling, and you still yeah. need to address things because right. when you're in those games and you need to be moving that quickly, you gotta be able to have depth to roll guys mm-hmm. in and out when you need to. And that's what they, even if this does sustain itself, that's what they so don't they have. Yeah. Well, yeah. The other thing that I noticed that really surprised me is, you know, sometimes you'll see a couple holdings from the tackle position or something. There were two or three holding calls on. Uh, on Hopkins, their center, which I thought was really weird. That's, that's so, odd, yeah. That's, it's usually the outside guy. Yeah, that's tough. So maybe something, you know, obviously to look forward to. But seems like the offensive line is at least improved. Did Zach Taylor save his job? Is he well, set? Are they going to give him a week. contract for extension? Another week. Are they going to give him yeah. a contract extension for another 10 years? Well, here's the question <laughs> I think that you can kind of move to. Maybe, I think if perhaps Five would years, be maybe? if Zach Taylor would get an extension. Bengals two and one playing a Jaguars team that we have seen precious little from, except for returning field goals that were missed for 109 yard touchdowns. Aside of that, there goes Davis. Davis <laughs> is going to win the football game. Aside of that, the Jaguars have shown precious little. So you feel pretty good Atrocious. about the Bengals. If they Thursday. lose to the Jaguars. Zach oh yeah. Get fired. Oh yeah. That's an issue. <laughs> that's a fireable. That, that's a fireable. Offense. But if they go to three and one. Is this fool's gold? Is this a nice start to the season? Are you buying it all the way through? I mean, no, do you I just believe in this team to to really make some noise. I don't think I don't think you've had a real true test yet. I think like I'm looking forward to like a Bengals Browns game. I think, and we'll get to the Browns here in a minute. But oh, not the Packers the week after Jacksonville asshole. Uh, really? Well. I mean, they'll hit Jameis Winston. Here's, here's why. Here's why. And we talked about this last week. That's over. That's gone. That game's over. We've talked about this last week. The Ooh. NFC North teams, all of them, are very much in flux, I would say. So I think the Bengals have played a lot oh, of teams man, so far <laughs> in flux or bad teams. Um, and they've taken care of business. And I think that's the difference between so this year saying... and last year. Last year, they wouldn't have won... They wouldn't. They wouldn't be thinking. Oh, we can go three and one this year. This year, you're like, okay, these are at least manageable games that we can win. But I don't think they've had a real true test yet. Really? Are we? We'll get. We'll we'll do the bet later. Well, yeah, yeah. And I would say the other thing that you have to look at is, you know, I mean, no one knows what the Vikings are. They could be close to three and zero. Yeah, I guess the Packers are just an eight, eight the, team, according to Josh. So. The the Bears are. <laughs> Uh, an interesting team. We'll Josh say. didn't watch the game last night. We'll say, yeah, <laughs> we'll say the Bears are an interesting team. Uh, we'll get to that in the Browns segment, and then oh, uh, I agree. The rest of the division is complete yeah, utter garbage. I, I will give you that. Steelers not great, and um, I mean Jaguars not a whole lot of belief in. But uh, you know, if, you, if I, I, I guess what you had seven wins coming on eight wins. I think I said seven. Seven and ten. Yeah. Okay. I think I think that's what. Are you what feeling my... still pretty confident about that number? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I am. I'm well, still feeling confident. Yeah, you got in... the Jags. That's a win. 
Yeah, play the Lions, say. that's a win. You play the Jets, I hope that's a win. That's oh. what I'm saying. Like so if you, you get be, a young team build momentum, right there, you also get you know? the Jets late in the season. So maybe maybe Zach Wilson will turn the corner. <laughs> I don't know about that. Then you gotta win a couple. Wild of card game? Who knows? You heard it, Josh Collin Wild Card. Josh is calling <laughs> wild card game. All right. Wild card. So Bengals, much improved offense, getting the twenty-four to ten win over the Steelers. Thursday night. Jacksonville Jaguars for a battle of the cats in the jungle. Inspired by a Bahama Mama, our newest delectable milkshake IPA comes in hot with nearly a thousand pounds of real pineapple, orange, banana, coconut, and a touch of cherry. The soft beer base, lactose, and vanilla bring some needed richness and center the beer. A pint takes you straight to vacation mode. Live life, do good, drink beer. Drink beer. We're about that. We're about All it. About, about, it. That. about that. We're about being on vacation mode. <sighs> I, I mean, Zach usually is on vacation mode. You know, just, ah, we'll take a week off from the podcast. No oh, my God. It's not a vacation, <laughs> sir. <laughs> I'm going to be in vacation mode this weekend when I go up to South Bend to see the Bearcats play. And speaking of the Bearcats, I believe it was a Bearcat... Uh, that designed the third eye brewing uh, kind of look they got going on. If you're not familiar with it, it is very, uh, it's like an explosion of colors, I'll say. Yeah, and, and that's how, Yeah, that's how it is at the brewery as well. All of their, uh, all of their beers are this way. They also have a nice logo. It's kind of that, uh, I mean, it looks like an eye, but it's kind of got the, got the hop. Irish is the Iris is the hop. And then it's kind of, uh, funky art style. Yeah. But all the cans, I mean, this one is full of colors. If you look on their website, all of their beers are full of colors. I mean, it's just some like, they've got a giant mural behind their, uh, you know, in their tap room. All of their beers are very much decked out with color. It's a very uh, aesthetically pleasing tap room and all of their, all of their beers are kind of in that same area. And you look at it, you know, Magic Dream is one of them. Cosmic Clash Ooh. is their Lemongrass and Coconut New England IPA. They have a Nirvana or Bust Double Dry Hop New England IPA. I will say the one thing that their like design I think does a good job of is kind of that explosion of like color and brightness. I think you'll find in their beers as well with like an explosion of. We keep saying how this beer is an explosion of flavors and it's so flavorful all their beers experiment a lot with different flavors and stuff and experiment they're very experimental i think they've got your traditional stuff and do that very well but they always have some really unique uh finds at the the tap room i mean they have right now they have you know uh, three New England IPAs in cans, and then they have this milkshake IPA and a West Coast IPA with terpenes. Hemptasia. Yeah, with Hemptasia. So a lot of uh, interesting beers, but uh, you know, kind of in that like weird third eye, psychedelic. Yeah. I mean, one of their beers is called Astral. I believe that's their porter, so kind of in that, that realm of things. But once again, this beer... Certainly, something different. Like it, you, whatever you think it is, it's not. I I went into this beer being a little bit worried. I was like, 
this be like honestly, it could have been a disaster. Like, I've had some milkshake IPAs. I you know, this I is... thought they've been fine. Some of them a little bit less so, but this one is actually like really really, really good. good. I think this is the best milkshake IPA I've ever had. And as far as like mm-hmm. unique flavor beer yeah. goes that we've had on the show, I would I would put this up in the. Uh, on the rare shelf. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And I mean, you take a sip of it, you know, every time you're like, oh, I taste pineapple this time. Oh, I get a little bit of, you know, banana. Oh, I get some mm-hmm. coconut. Like, you get all of the flavors. And I think it's it's actually a really wonderful beer. If you're looking to kind of, uh, you know, bring a beer that's off the off the beaten path or you're just looking, like, for a different kind Change of Change it up, yeah. Yeah. This is definitely a good beer. Very drinkable, but also... Uh, be responsible because like we said it's 7.2 percent uh they come in the 16 ounce cans so you'll have a couple of these and you'll be feeling them before you know real good guys it is time for a six pack of stats but not just any six pack of stats it is a six pack of stats about my cleveland browns big win this weekend (laughs) Two and one after a twenty-six to six drubbing of the Chicago Bears. So we got a little bit of stats for you, guys. The first number is seventy-five. So if you didn't watch the game, <laughs> Browns were debuting. They are very clean. Seventy-fifth. Nice. Those are nice. Those yeah. Anniversary jerseys. So seventy-five years ago was the first season of Cleveland Browns football. Great, great helmets. Uh, I like the helmets, the jerseys. Yeah. All great. Go ahead, Greg. Sorry. In 1946, the Browns actually did not play in the NFL. They were part of the All-American Football Conference. AAFC. Conference. Oh, you got me. Uh, Their first game was... Maybe uh, we should just let you talk. September 6th, (laughs) 1946, versus the Miami... Sharks. The Miami Seahawks. (laughs) Very good. In a game they won 44 to nothing. On the way to a 12 and 2 record and a championship win over the New York Knickerbockers Yankees. Very close. <laughs> <laughs> Throwing out random New York teams. Yeah, it's very close. As we go down this nostalgia lane for me, just so I can feel like the Browns are a very good team, uh, is five. The Browns' first five seasons as a football team, four in the AAFC and one in the NFL. Browns were champions every single year. Their first five years, they were champions. Gosh, I, I wish they could bring those days back. They also Gosh, went wow. to the championship in their first 10 years as a team, winning seven championships. Wow. Now, I know you guys are a couple of losers and don't really understand. You know, this championship pedigree. Oh, yeah. I don't. I don't. Josh doesn't, but yeah, yeah. I I disagree. I I really don't. (laughs) (laughs) Let's get to present day now. Uh, The next one is four and a half, four point five, which is the franchise record for sacks in a game by the Cleveland Browns, set by one Miles Garrett. He had four and a half of the nine sacks. Really, kind of missed the last sack to get to five and a half. Jadavian Glowney cleaned it up for his second sack of the day you could see he was pretty upset coming off uh guys any idea what the record for sacks in a game is by wait by, by, by any individual player, player by one any player. in the league 
for the league? Yeah, All since time? 1960, since okay. the merger. Okay. Uh, six. Damn, I was going to guess six, six and a half. It's seven. Ooh. Derek damn. Thomas. Oh, Derek Thomas. So there have been five guys, five games where a guy has had six or seven sacks. Yeah. Derek Thomas has two of them. He has a seven sack game and a six sack game. Yes. Kansas so, City Chief great. Kansas City Chief great, but Miles Garrett, four and a half of the nine sacks. Uh, some questions about the Browns getting to the quarterback, but certainly did today. The next one is just number one. Put up the ones. One. The number of net passing yards <laughs> oh, by the Chicago Bears, by Justin Fields. Uh, net passing yards is passing yards minus yards taken for sacks. So they had 68 passing yards and lost 67 yards. <laughs> so that's just one net yard. In sacks. <laughs> Thanks, Josh. Uh, this is the just lowest wanna... <laughs> allowed in franchise history. Uh, there have been... Uh, I believe five games since 1990 where a team has, was held to negative pass yards. So that that's a thought. Uh, any guess what team has multiple of those games where they had negative pass yards? The Bengals. No. No. Oh, come on. Cleveland Browns. No. <laughs> I mean, that was my first guess, but I thought that was too easy. And I thought that 2000 was a big and 2004. <clears throat> Although one of those games, uh, the Texans beat the Raiders with negative passing yards. <laughs> the next one is 1.1. Big 1.1. Uh, that is the yards per play for the Bears. They averaged 1.1 yards per play, uh, just 46 total yards. That is the second lowest total amount of yards since the year 2000. So in the basically the more modern year of football, you know, where you're throwing around the football everywhere, 1.1 yards per play. The last one, guys, is eight. Unfortunately, even in a big win, uh, Nick Chubb's streak of eight straight games with a touchdown came to an end Sunday. Uh, that was the longest active streak in the NFL. Uh, Kareem Hunt took over. He had he had two touchdowns, so big day for him. Needed just one more to tie the record, didn't he? Yeah. Um, Chubb has scored a touchdown in 11 of 14 games that he has played under Coach Kevin Stefanski. So Stefanski knows how to get... Uh, Nick Chubb the ball in space, so eight touchdowns for him. Good. Josh, as far as this game goes, I mean, what else is there to say? <clears throat> Solid game for the Browns all around, imposing their will. Uh, you know, some issues early. Yeah. Uh, with a couple of failed fourth downs, but the defense was just all over. Yeah, I mean, you'd like to see your third down and fourth down improve, but I think what's what your key takeaway from this game is is that you're, you're proving consistently game in and game out that on both sides of the ball, you've got at least two star playmakers. And I think... And they're playing at a consistent rate, finally, I think. Um, so, moving forward, I don't know. I feel like you've been down on the Browns. Moving forward, I, I, I'm, I'd be excited as a Browns fan. I seeing what is developing on both sides of the ball. I will say they had 26 points today, and I didn't, to be critical for just a moment, I didn't love their two calls on fourth down when they went for it early. Yeah. And that was one of the reasons why the, the Bears got the ball over uh, the 50-yard line the one time was because they ran a, a fourth down play that you know was just doomed from the start. Baker got sacked at his own 40, or at the 48-yard line, and the Bears just took it like 20 yards and kicked the field goal. <laughs> 
The other one was a pass interference call. Uh, Zach, you're the Ohio State guy. Justin Fields, first start. Um, you know, it's hard to hold anything against him. That offensive line looked bad. Uh, oh, yeah. Matt Nagy uh, might have just been doing this out of spite to Bears fans to prove uh, that he was right. You to have start to wonder. Andy Dalton, well, but... I mean, Nick Foles, I yeah, you uh, you didn't want to play him, and I was a hundred percent in agreement with that. I wouldn't play him. You know, at least not for the first half of the year. Uh, Dalton goes down. You decide to play him. You don't do anything to help him. You don't. I mean, I thought Miles Garrett said it best after the game. Uh, totally shocked at the way. You know, they thought they were gonna move the pocket, do things to his strengths. They didn't do any of that. They thought Andy Dalton was back there. It was straight dropbacks. Um, well, the other thing is, as far as his protection is, uh, you know, they were talking about it on the game. They were saying, uh, you know, they were talking to Miles Garrett before the game, and he said, you know, what's different this year? Because the Browns had struggled getting to the quarterback. They'd only had three sacks in two games, and he yeah. says, I have been chipped by you know tight ends and running backs. Mm-hmm more than I have ever in my career before. Right. Bears basically chipped him zero times, straight drop back, and had 39-year-old Jason Peters trying to block I him. I mean, yeah, that the offense line's terrible. They didn't, Like I said, I don't know why they played him. I don't I had other options. I would have went and got some guy off the street. I mean, Nick you're like he didn't get hurt. I, I know they had Nick Foles. I don't understand why he's... I don't know what Nick Foles did <coughs> I'd, I'd grab Matt some Nagy. random guy out on the street to replace <laughs> Matt Nagy. I mean, this guy seems like he's just Doesn't know an what he's insane doing. person and that's negligibly running that's this thing. And that's the defense, the you know. I mean, they can only do so much. I mean, that's the thing. The defense... I thought first half played pretty well, but you, that's got to wear... You know, Cleo Mack got hurt. They're getting older. Yeah, uh, and that's just got to be wearing and tearing on you mentally as a defensive player when you see that ineptitude on offense too. Where, yeah, and I think that was one of the things is you know the one thing that the Browns have been able to do, and you, you know you saw it against the Texans and the Bears were bottling up the run early, and just as yeah. time went on, they were on the field for so much. But the other thing that you know I think we kind of talked to, we kind of touched on with the Bengals is. You know, when you're making Zach Taylor look like a really great play caller, because <laughs> Taylor was at least able to get the ball out of Burrow's hands, you know. I mean, Quick, the, the Bears yeah. do have some playmakers. You know, Komet is coming along. Allen Robinson's a good player. Uh, you know, shout out Matt Healthy with David uh, Montgomery. He's a He can be a playmaker, but they just, everything was taking too long. The, yeah. You know, the Browns were basically able to, to pin their ears back. There wasn't really a whole lot of, like... Um, I mean, it was you know, a waste of a game for Fields because there's nothing you can... I don't think he... I mean, there are a few times he held on the ball too long. That's normal. But, I mean, there's not really a whole lot you can take from that. I'd be like, okay, let's learn from this. Well, I didn't really fuck up that much. I mean, you know, every time it was like, might as well put five trash cans out there. You know, it was just... Yeah, Greg, <laughs> it was unbelievable, to be honest with you. Greg Olson the whole time is like, look, you can take nothing from this game. Like, look, I know Bears fans are upset, but you can take nothing from this game. <laughs> like, it, you could tell the whole time he was like, Oh no! This kid's getting killed. Oh, there. yeah. Well, you seen? I don't know if you guys saw the video of uh, they're showing Andy Dalton on the on the board and everything, and Nick Foles is like half in frame, and you can see him say to Dalton, "Oh yeah, that's... to Dalton, offense just isn't working." Oh yeah, yeah, I saw that. <laughs> that hilarious. Like, yeah, yeah, I mean, I obviously yeah, got to deal with the elephant thing. in the room. I feel like, uh, and uh, I'm surprised he's still there. It's yeah. pretty shocking. That seemed like it's a pretty fire. shocking. Yeah, that's pretty shocking. <laughs> well, even I, for the NFL, it's 
it's pretty, pretty shocking. shocking. And I mean, you look at him like I mean, it was ten three at halftime. Like, yeah. like I said, the, they were in it. You know, the Browns' offense. I, I was happy because they could move the ball. They should have put up forty points. You know, I was a little disappointed mm-hmm. with some of the failed fourth downs early. But aside of that, they were moving the ball really well. But on the Bears' side, you could say if they had any offense, I mean, any <laughs> offense, they could have been very much in this game. And it's just. You know, I understand the offensive line is bad, and you really, really have to address that. But, man, you just, like, you have to scheme better. You can't just you can't just keep letting a guy get killed back there because I'm like, there's no way they're going to do this. And then, just, again, they're running a play-action long backup, right. and you can just see him running for his life. And th- th- I think the picture that, you know, was most uh, indicative of the game is I believe it was after Fields last play you know they get the ball back i think the browns even put in case keenum and whatnot to <laughs> ernest johnson to run the ball and you just see fields just sit on the bench just put his head up to the sky and go like oh and then just you know come back oh, yeah. and get a drink of water like what the hell is going on here and i think you know you can see with some of these coaches if you don't have a good team around you and you don't have a good system around you you're not gonna be successful. i was giving them all the credit in the world for like, not Ryan, playing him Ryan. I don't think we're in Columbus anymore. (laughs) I mean, I was giving them all the credit for not playing him. Yeah, I don't know why Nick Foles didn't play. Or at least after, I mean, I know you don't want to pull a kid. That's why I wouldn't have played him to begin with. But you also don't want your future franchise court. I mean, he's like he didn't get hurt. I mean, realistically, I mean. Yeah, they said, I mean, I think they said maybe. Yeah, his hand had got x-rayed or something. He got banged up. But I mean, you know, he could have got Joe Burrow. No, yeah, he could have gotten like really hurt to the point where, yeah, it's even like. I mean, one, you could say, you know, tear an ACL, but two, you know, you could have something that could be, you know, an ankle injury where he has, you know, he can't really practice as much. And that's, you know, you need practice, you know, if, I mean, Big Ben was bad, but you look at, you know, guys like Big Ben and Brady that have been around for forever. If they don't practice for a week, it's not really going to affect them that much. But a guy like him, he needs every day of practice. You can't just go out there and have him get obliterated. Yeah. So... Uh, tough day for the Bears. Great day for the Browns. Da Brown. Bears. Da Browns. Da Bengals. This has been 30 Rack of Sports. All right, what's brewing in Ohio? Uh, we mentioned David Montgomery a little bit ago. Where is he from? He's from Mount, Mount Healthy. Healthy. Um, and I'll be spending some time watching the Mount Healthy football team this Friday. They're having a great season out there, out in the Mount, the Fighting Owls. And another thing in Mount Healthy is Fibonacci Brewing Company. I don't know if you guys are familiar with this one. That was a great sweet sequence to get out to that brewery. Thanks, man. I knew it. it took a good journey there. Uh, it's a smaller brewery here in Cincinnati, um, but I know they focus a lot on um, the science of brewing there. And they've got two fall brews coming for us. Um, they have their annual Herbfest Marzen Lager, your typical Oktoberfest. And then they are also doing a Pepo Pumpkin Porter. So a lot of uh, pumpkin beers out there these days. Um, and usually they're your lighter pumpkin-flavored stuff. This one's a pumpkin porter. So a, a little bit something different there. You get your dark beer and you get your porter. And that's actually, I, I think that sounds pretty good. A little pumpkin coffee kind of thing going on there. Yeah, normally you get your, like, uh, you know, your pumpkin ciders or your pumpkin, right. general yeah. pumpkin ales. 
Well, from another traditional, is the pumpkin a fruit? It's a gourd. It's a gourd? Okay. I don't know where gourd falls, but... Oh, Craig, learn your stuff. Everybody knows a gourd. <laughs> <laughs> type Let quicker, type, type quicker. Out real quick. Every, everybody knows about the gourds. Well, I don't fucking. It's a melon. It's a melon. So, that's a fruit. so pumpkin's yeah. a melon. All right. Well, from one fruit to another, we're guys. It's pawpaw season, and a I'm, pumpkin is a fruit. A pumpkin's a fruit. Yeah. All right. Gosh, so from one gosh. fruit to another fruit, all squashes are fruits. Are they gourds? Are all gourds fruits? I believe all gourds are squashes, which are fruits. Are all squashes squares? No, that's and not all rhombuses are squares either. Okay. All right. Anyway, uh, the pawpaw is some some might not know. Zach, our native southeastern Ohioan, did not know this, <laughs> I but I guess know. in southeast Ohio uh, there are some pawpaws that will grow. I looked up a picture. We call those tickle bushes. <laughs> Tick. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I made that up. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I can continue this segment. Please stay away from Zach's neighborhood. Uh so, yeah, there's always a lot of, you know, you have your typical Oktoberfest beers right now. You have a bunch of pumpkin beers out there. But uh, right now in Ohio, you'll also find a lot of different uh, pawpaw beers. And uh, one place that uh, specializes in this is the Hawking College out in southeastern Ohio. Uh, they oh. harvest local pawpaws, and they use them for a, uh, a brewery that's kind of their own, like, Mm, kind of educational is. brewery yeah. that they use star brick star brick brewing star brick brewery in nelsonville oh, um okay. yeah after the star bricks that's where they're made in actually nelsonville oh okay cool were, yeah oh see see he does know some southeast know, ohio shit. i'm stuff. from there i just like i said we call them tickle bushes i know yeah if you're out that way look for that or if you see a pawpaw beer let us know i mean i'd love to try one of these uh pawpaw we'll beers. have to head on down yeah we'll have to make a trip out to uh Everyone's favorite neck of the woods, I'll show southeastern you a time Ohio. I showed Greg a time we should win. the Appalachian foothills. <laughs> and also, guys, special day tomorrow. Well, it's actually today as they're listening. Today, yeah, today as you're listening, if you want to stop into a participating craft brewery, your favorite local craft brewery, it is Ohio Pint Day. If you want to find Ohio Pint Day, Ohio Pint Day, boy. Uh, Ohio Pint Day, September 28th. So stop into your local brewery. Pick up the Ohio Pint Day glass at participating locations. Find more about this at ohiocraftbeer.org. Guys, we're moving from the field to the ice as the winter sports start to get revved up here. NHL preseason starting Monday night for the Blue Jackets in Pittsburgh. Also, uh, first home preseason game. As the Sabres come to town on Tuesday, we're doing a little who you got here. Uh, current over under for the Jackets is 76 and a half points. Now, for those of you who may not be unfamiliar, who may, or, be, or you may, who who may, may be familiar, not be unfamiliar, possibly God, familiar. He's unfamiliar with the well, familiarity of these example, kind of things. Flubbing all over the place. <laughs> we're having a rough day, man. It's Monday. You tried the we beer record on Mondays. The this is unbelievable. Yeah, you broke but, protocol. Yeah, guys do <laughs> never. Um, but seventy six and a half points. So the point system in hockey for people 
who aren't uh, puckheads like Zach, <laughs> uh, you get two points for a win, one point for a loss if it happens after regulation, so an overtime or shootout loss. So uh, right now, over under 76.5 points. Uh, last year, in the COVID-shortened year, a year where the Jackets traded a lot of their big players, uh, you know, such as uh, Nick Foligno, uh, they finished tied for last in the Metropolitan Division with 48 points in a 56-game season. So over an 82-game season, that would have been roughly a 70-point pace. Uh, Josh, thoughts on this this projection, and, and what are your thoughts for the Jackets coming into the season as they start to move on to uh, a rebuild, new coach, and kind of a uh, a new way for the Jackets? Yeah, and I know I know they don't like to call it a rebuild in the uh, the locker room, um, but let's be honest here it is and you're there's i feel like every line is a revolving door of a bunch of guys right now and you've got some nhl you know veteran presence in there but establishing a consistent depth and i think that's when you're when a rebuilding that's what always gets you into trouble i think because if you can't establish consistent depth out of the gate then you just see a revolving door and you're not really that's how failed rebuilds go are you really rebuilding everything? We saw the Indians do that at the beginning of the season. Like, if you're not actually going to establish consistent depth from your new it's a, guys, it was a reload, sir. Oh, excuse me, a retool, a retool, a retool. Thank you. But I do think they have some good players. Um, Justin Danforth has been impressive so far. I, they really like what they're seeing out of him. Uh, former Cincinnati Cyclone, a. Um, Former MVP over across the pond, too, um, for two seasons, I believe, actually. So, I mean, establishing those kind of guys to be consistent playmakers will help the Blue Jackets a lot. As far as the over-under goes, uh, with the division they're in, I got to go under. Um, Zach, would you like to go first, or would you like to give me to give a few more stats before you give your full... Uh... I- I'm still mulling it okay. over. Okay. So. Um, so, uh, looking at some of the projections after the big X's last year, uh, the Athletic has the projection for the Jackets 34, 37, and 11, which would be about 78 points. Uh, their um, projection would have about a 50% chance to fit in that 75 to 85 point range, which would mean pretty good odds that, you know, just eclipse yeah. that 76 and a half point total. Um, the one thing is, as we mentioned, a retool reload, the team isn't as good as they were, you know, a couple years ago, uh, they went for it in 2019, you know, getting those Duchesne and whatnot didn't really work out. Uh, you know, lost Bobrovsky to free agency the year after that, uh, had to trade Panarin after that, who is requesting a trade with one year left. The next year, Pierre-Luc Dubois wasn't really gelling with Coach John Tortorella, who's now out. Uh, Lost him. Seth Jones, who was another key piece, didn't want to sign an extension with one year left. They traded him to Chicago. So out of their, you know, kind of core four that they had for a while, they only have one guy left in defenseman Zach Rowinski, who's now playing 
defense without kind of his defense mate since he came into the league in Seth Jones. Uh, right now, they have, they are projected uh, as far as, you know, their top, you know, four lines and forwards, three lines in defense, and two goalies. They are 28th in forwards, 23rd in defense, and 26th in goalies. But uh, they do yeah. have Corpusalo as the 18th best starter. So the one issue that you have is you have a lot of young guys, uh, especially in the defense. Uh, right now it's looking like, aside of uh, Zach Rowinski, they are going to have Jake Bean start on the first line. Bean was a rookie who kind of struggled his first year. Has a ton of upside, but, you know, is a guy that you're, you're wondering if he's going to, you know, kind of turn out to be what he wants to be. Uh, second line has Gavrikov, who was a solid player last year, and Bumquist, uh, who was acquired from Chicago in the Seth Jones trade. Uh, a very bright young guy who, you know, you can look for a lot. The other question that you have is how much do you want to win, you know? Rebuilding, you want right. to get into the lottery, get some better players, get some franchise-changing guys. I don't know if they have any of those big changing guys. Uh, my two big thoughts. One, they look to be in that 75 to 80 point range. They do have Jonas Corposalo, who's shown that he can, you know, get hot for a couple weeks and put the team over. But I think you have so much youth. You have so many stupid, you know, you can, you have so much time for dumb mistakes. You know, Corposalo is still only 25, 26. Uh, Elvis is, I think, 24, 25. You have so many young guys. I just expect there to be an 80 or so point pace that's broken up by just a long losing streak in the middle. Yeah. Everything is telling me over, but my sense of watching young teams, especially as much as I've watched, you know, this kind of Cavs young rebuild role, is telling me to take the under. Well, and it's you've, you've got... You've got so many young guys, and like you said, how much do you want to win, and how much do you want to focus on the development? I mean, take tonight's first preseason game against Pittsburgh that they're playing in right now at the time of our recording. It took them 11 minutes just to get a shot on goal. So while you're identifying talent, can you actually maintain consistent talent enough to give you chances? I mean, that's one goal in 11 minutes. I mean, they're up. But and I know it's the first preseason game, but it's just identifying those pieces. Like we've said, we've seen so many young rebuilds. If you don't identify at least a consistent group, you're gonna have a rough time. Well, and, and that's why I see them falling just short of the 76. And you haven't really seen this team in its you know 21 year existence have to do a rebuild. You know they never they sort of did a rebuild, but their height was barely making the playoffs one year. You know, back when they were in the Western Conference, this has been their first, you know, couple year window of success, at least up through the 2020 season that they had had, you know, their first ever uh, playoff series win, uh, you know, they had a couple of those. So that's really their first taste of, you know, playing well. And it's a question of, you know, Yarmo uh, Kekalainen, their general manager, has been a guy that has been able to build this team, but it's a question of when it breaks apart, is he going to be able to build it back up, and, and how long is it right. going to take? Zach, I want to know your thoughts. Are you taking the over or the under here? I'm going to be optimistic. I'm going to go the over. 
I mean, we're Look, talking to the guy that bet that, that bet the Blue Jackets like plus ten thousand or something yeah. last year. He's so. a guy. Look, I, he, I he think rolls chances, with the boys. I he think rolls with there them. is with them. no one who loves the cannon. I think, they, I think they have the growing pains. They get a little thing going. They catch a little heat there for a little bit. There is no one that I know who loves the cannon blast more after a Blue Jackets oh, goal. Oh God, you have no idea. Then Zach, you have no idea. You have no uh, idea. I love you know going down nationwide every night and just. <laughs> so uh, we'll see. Zach taking the over. Josh and I taking the under. But the one thing that we're all happy about, some of us much more than others, that hockey is back in Columbus. Jackets getting their preseason started off Monday night, Tuesday night first preseason home game as the Sabres come down. Alrighty, thank you so much for listening to another edition of 30 Rack of Sports. Uh, before we get out of here, of course, want to give our cheers. First off, as always, to the wonderful listeners of the show. Uh, we appreciate being able to talk into a mic and someone listening to us. So, uh, we really appreciate All it. All 10 of you, thank you. Yeah, heck, we enjoy what we do, we whether do. it's ten or 10,000 <laughs> listening, so thank you so much for listening. Uh, number two, of course, to our beer of the week, Third Eye Brewing Company, and I cannot stress this enough. If you if you happen to be in the Sharonville area or you happen to like find this beer, this Magic Dream beer at your local gas station or liquor store or anything, Pick it up and try it. I know it sounds weird, Bahama Mama Milkshake IPA, but it is a very good. Don't let it scare you. Beer. It's impressive. Yeah, I think uh, I think it gets all of all three of very our much. stamp of approval, and and we big time would definitely say uh, try this Third Eye Brewing beer. So shout out to Third Eye, uh, guys. Anything to shout out tonight, Zach? Who are you shouting out tonight? Shouting out, not directly Ohio, but you know a guy who. Put his imprint a little bit on some down years for the Browns. Uh, Josh Gordon once again being reinstated. Uh, rumor is signing to the Kansas City Chiefs practice squad with a quick promotion. Obviously, they are outside of Hill. They got pretty much nothing. Well, Kelsey, I know. Don't but, you talk about Byron Pringle like that? Yeah, Byron Pringle. Exactly. That's don't why there's has signed. one of the don't best you, names in the NFL. <laughs> don't you talk about McCall Hardman? That's like why there's that. time. So you know, I hope this. I hope it sticks this time for him. Yeah, through a lot of ups and downs. Shout out to a guy. You know, a guy who's had had some issues. You know, substance abuse issues. But a guy that you know you you, you hope to see gets better. Um, certainly, you know, love to see him light it up when he was in Cleveland. At this point, like ten years ago. <laughs> yeah, it's been crazily that long. Uh, Josh, who are you shouting out? I'm uh, I'm shouting out my favorite university up I-75, the Bowling Green Falcons, knocking off Minnesota this weekend, uh, taking down the mighty Big Ten opponent in the badges. And uh, Zach, quick question for you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Bowling Green all time versus Minnesota, four games. What do you think their record is versus Minnesota? Three and one. They are two and two versus oh, Minnesota. Five hundred in two thousand seven and this year they lost in eighty seven and oh eight. Ugh, that they are game. now nine and twenty one versus the Big Ten, which is actually solid. Uh, that's not bad. Yeah, so, no, that's pretty solid. Yeah, that, that that defense was Falcon tough. Two sacks from my man Devon Ferguson's two picks on the day, sealing it for the boys in Bowling Green. Only allowed five completions. Yeah, so. yeah. solid day Locking for the Falcons down. before. Uh, 
There were a couple games this week, but next week we get into the thick of it, boys. Mac football is back. We're just a few weeks. Action. We're just a few weeks away from our favorite time of the year, Tuesday night action. Cannot wait. Uh, guys, for my cheers, someone that uh, was brought up earlier in the show, a franchise record, four and a half sacks yeah. for the Cleveland Browns. Miles Garrett, uh, unbelievable. Love to see this defensive line come up. Him, you know, Clowney had two sacks. Just what you like to see. I had my worries about the defense, and I know it's just one game against the terrible Matt Nagy scheme, but hopefully this gives them some confidence to get after but the sometimes quarterback. Sometimes that's what you need. That's what I'm hoping with the Ohio State knacker. I hope it's just a little confidence booster. So uh, we'll see. Uh, as we mentioned, speaking of college football, we will be back with a Friday show. Talking UC football, getting you prepped for Saturday's big game, Cincinnati at Notre Dame, number seven at number nine. We will get you prepped for all of that, but be ready for that drop on Friday. Alrighty, guys, for Zach on the opinions, for Josh on the ones and twos. You see? I'm Greg. Thank you so much for listening to 30 Rack of Sports. See ya.